Welcome back, Lowgetters. We're joined by an awesome guest today, very relevant, especially for 2020. Her name is Danae Ancheso. She does a lot. She's very accomplished, but she specializes in aligning chakras. She's a shaman and a success alchemist and divine energies consultant. A really, really cool, special, intuitive person and excited to teach you guys a little bit about what she does and how it can help you and how you can practice some of these grounding techniques and extract some of the bad energy that 2020 has brought us. So without further ado, let's meet Danae. I am a shamanic healer and a chakra educator, and um, I've been doing energy and healing work for 21 years and chakra education for nine and shamanic uh, healing for nine. And it really started from, uh, I had a near-death experience when I was 13 that completely changed my life. Um, and it was phenomenal. That would be when I would say that I saw my angel. I call him my angel, but he's my guide that's with me and helps me with all of my, my clients and everything that I do. Um, but that would be the first time that I encountered him. Um, and ever since then, I was really drawn towards doing energy work and energy healing. Uh, when I was 17, I kind of started to learn how to use um, doing the theta energy healing with my hands. Um, and I didn't, I was from Wyoming. I'm from Wyoming. So there's not really anyone here to, to talk about that with. So um, I do have um, Native American in my bloodline. And so the, the Cherokee heritage has always been a part of my life and so I was kind of really drawn to the Native American aspects of spirituality uh, but didn't really get to experience them too much and then when I was oh let's see I'm trying to think back here of how many years ago that was nine years ago no ten years ago no nine okay so nine years ago um, I went through a divorce and I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to really commit fully, fully to my healing practice and spirituality full time as a business, as my way of living and really live my truth. And so I went on a sabbatical down to Sedona, Arizona, and I did a whole bunch of training and um, it was really beautiful experience there. And while I was there, um, I had some really phenomenal things happen um, that kind of steered me towards the shamanic path. Otherwise, I was just kind of sticking with energy healing and chakra balancing and things like that. And um, if you want me to go into detail about that, I can because it was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be awesome. So, when you were there, what was kind of happening that let you know, like, okay, I'm definitely in the right place? Man, like just talking about it, I get tons of energy at my my arms right now but um what happened was i was driving down i drove down from wyoming to sedona um got a great place to stay was really happy i was, always loved it. sedona felt really drawn there because of the energy and <laughs> once i completed my training i had free time then and that was when i was really gonna focus on, okay, how do I want to build my business? Did I want to live in Sedona? I was 
kind of entertaining that idea a little bit. And I felt really drawn to go to um, the Grand Canyon. And so I'd never been there before, always wanted to go. At that point in my life, um, my angel spirit guide was in communication with me constantly every day. It was like having a best friend that never left <laughs> is the best way to describe it. And so um, I said, okay, I'm gonna drive to Grand Canyon. I don't know anything much about it or where to start. I just know I wanna go there. And that's kind of how I live my life a little bit is a lot with my intuition and inner guidance. And I just know I'm supposed to be in a certain place, so I'll go. And I get to the Grand Canyon and my angel said to me, go over on, on this rim and just sit there. Someone's going to come up to you. And at this point in my life, he's been with me since I was 13. I've learned to just listen and go, okay, <laughs> trust it. And I went over there and I sat and this man came up to me. He saw I had a camera. I'm a professional photographer also. And um, he's like, oh, what are you shooting with? And I showed him my camera and he showed me his and he said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm just here on sabbatical, did some training. And, and he goes, oh, my wife needs to talk to you. And he went and he left for about 20 minutes, found his wife, took her out of the hotel, brought her all the way back to where I was. And she started to talk to me about some of these issues that she was having um, in her body. And I'm a medical intuitive as well. And so, you know, I really started talking to her about some things that she could do. I could see which of her chakras was out of balance. Um, she lives in Boston, but she became my client <laughs> there in the middle of the Grand Canyon. So we set up a healing session, did a healing session, um, and then she became my client remotely uh, from when they went back. But, but that was kind of a weird, cool, synchronistic thing. And I thought, okay, well, this is just confirmation that I, I am supposed to be doing this. And then I was leaving, and I always wanted to go on Route 66. And um, there's a really cool town along Route 66 called Edwards. And everything from it is like the 1950s, 1960s, and it's all vintage. It's a very cool town. I wanted to stay there, but every single hotel was booked. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's one in the morning. I'm not going to find a place. So I got an Airbnb and I found um, a house in Flagstaff. So it was still quite a drive. And they said, sure, you can check in late. That's no problem. I didn't know anything about the people at all. I went there. I got there at 2.30 in the morning. I checked in, took a bath, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and there were some other guests, and we were all eating breakfast together. And I started to look around the uh, pictures on the wall, and this couple, the, the husband teaches at Flagstaff University, or the University of Flagstaff, and his wife, um, she does online things, and they were an elderly couple, and there were these incredibly beautiful pictures of all these shaman from all over the world. <clears throat> and so there was one in particular, and it was this beautiful 14-year-old girl. And, and I asked, I go, wow, she looks really stunning and super powerful. And they're like, yeah, she's only 14. She's a Tibetan shaman. And um, in Tibet, the women are majority, the majority of the women are shaman. Uh, shaman. And um, it turned out that they were friends with a National Geographic photographer. <laughs> and so they went on these expeditions with 
with him because um, they were into shamanism too. And I thought, man, this is really interesting that I end up at this house and I'm kind of already interested in shamanism. And then it gets even crazier. <laughs> the, the couple that I was eating breakfast with that also stayed there, they didn't know the couple either. Um, they started in with the conversation. They're like, oh, wow, this is so synchronistic. We're professors from Berkeley, California. And um, Berkeley at the university, they have a huge international sh um, shamanism conference where they bring all these shamans from all over the world. Um, they're, they're considered um, treasures of, of the world because they're so old and they have these, this knowledge of shamanism that is never written. It's only passed down from shaman to shaman. And um, so they started talking about that and I'm like, wow, and the conference was coming up. And so they went and the wife goes to her husband. She goes, hey, honey, do you still have that postcard in the car that you couldn't understand why you had to bring it, but you just had to bring it? He goes, yeah, I think I know why. And so they went out, they got the postcard and it was an invitation to go to that conference and they gave it to me. And it was so cool. And then, and then I'm like, okay, this is again pointing me towards my path to be a shaman. Then it got really interesting, even more so. I'm like, I got tons of energy right now just talking about it again. When I was driving back from, from Flagstaff, um, I actually had to go kind of south again uh, because I had a friend that I was supposed to meet up with. So I went back south and I ended up going through the Navajo just to portion of the Navajo Indian Reservation. And if you've never been there, it's, it's very beautiful and magical, but also really devastating. It's like experiencing a third world country in the United States. It's, it's, a, it's an experience that will be with you forever. And when I was driving through there, I stopped for a while, did some meditation, some yoga, and some breath work. And I get back in my car to head out, and it's so hot. <laughs> My AC stopped working, so I rolled down all the windows in the car, and I'm driving down the highway, and I'm just about ready to leave. And all of a sudden, I start hearing this old man's voice, and he's speaking to me in a native language that I don't understand at all. And he kept saying it over and over, and I thought it was the radio. I thought, well, maybe I'm on one of the reservations channels. And so I turned my radio off. I can still hear what he's saying. I'm like, this is really weirding me out. I roll up all the windows. I, I still hear his voice. Uh, and at this point, I think I'm hallucinating or something because I've never experienced anything like this. And finally, I wrote down phonetically what I was hearing him say. I still didn't know what it was. I have a really good friend that is a Native American ling linguist. And so I sent to him what I said, hey, this just happened. I don't know what it means. And he emailed me back two days later because he had to send it to one of his friends who um, speaks Navajo. And he said, Danae, <laughs> are you sure you don't know Navajo? And I'm like, I don't know it at all. All I know is Danae and Navajo means the people. That's all I know. And um, he said, what, what was said to you was, um, we see you and you're welcome. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. That was really profound. So from that point, I mean, that was really shocking to me. I was like, okay, I can't deny this anymore. I need to say yes to shamanism. So um, I 
registered with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. I've been doing training with them for, oh gosh, I did training with them for seven years with practitioners all over the world. And um, just the experiences from then on just got more and more intense. But it was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> How do you know when you are like starting out and kind of figuring out okay something is talking to me i need to listen and how do you know like when you're not making it up or if that was your guide telling you mm -hmm. something that's a very good question um i think over the years like because in the beginning there was a lot of questioning um a lot of questioning on my end because it's like well this isn't normal because we're told it's not normal um, and so for me, what had happened because I was experiencing the, that level of doubt, um, then the angel numbers started kicking in and overdrive. And then the synchronicities where it's like you, you can't deny what is going on. So what was being told or expressed to me was then happening immediately after and I had no way of knowing what was going to happen. So it was like, okay, there's something really powerful here that's choosing to communicate with me and and I now I'm being shown it's like you can trust it or deny it but it's still going to be here and so you kind of surrender to it um and I would say that over the course of time that there's there's moments where you still kind of question yourself but really what you're communicating with is your higher self so what if you can develop a relationship with yourself where you're trusting yourself you're going to trust this voice because it is your intuition it is your higher self that's coming through um why i choose to identify with it as like my angel or my spirit guide is just because uh for me it's like a friend talking to me um i know some people might experience it like a a knowing that they're happening that or that they're having but but it's it's a truth like you know when something is the truth you just know it it's that same type of thing so if you're secure in yourself if you're secure in trusting who you are in your abilities um it's not an ego thing because we understand we all need to still grow and learn i'm still growing and learning massively but there's that inner knowing because you're connected to source. You're like, okay, this feels very much like truth to me. So I'm going to trust it. And I would say that would be how I can tell the difference because you can feel if something like, no, it's not. But then there's that, it's like, no, there's really truth as a vibration and it's resonating that. So you're like, okay. I was going to ask if your angel, guide has a face if it's someone that you've seen before if it's just a voice i'm so curious as to what that looks like and what that sounds like well oh my gosh so much energy my eyes are gonna water as i talk about this actually so um i have seen him one time physically and it was a really profound experience and it was actually on my way to florida when i was moving to florida um but when i'm communicating with him like when i first was introduced to him when i was having that near-death experience um when i first experienced him um you know i died i crossed over i'm it seems like it's a it's a story that a lot of people tell where they see lots of light and what i experienced was there was 13 beings of light around me they weren't talking um, I was only 13 years old. I didn't know what the heck was going on. And so 
um, I had been sick for nine months from a pancreatic infection. Um, and I, I was so sick and suffering so much that, and the, my pancreas was so infected that if I sneezed wrong, I would kill myself. Like, like, like literally, like not intentionally, but that's just how sick I was. I was in and out of the hospital. It was really bad. And I was just like, I'm done. I just want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. And so, um, when I crossed over, I'm surrounded by these beings. Um, one of them spoke to me. I couldn't see their faces. I could just see the outlines of the energy just showing kind of like a humanoid presence, but no real detail because it was such an intense bright light. And um, they said to me, you know, you have a choice. You can come with us because we know that you've been suffering or you can stay because you have a lot of work to do. When you're 13, you don't know what that means. <laughs> and all I could think about was my little brother. And I'm like, well, he doesn't have any friends. I'm his only friend. I can't leave him. So I said, I want to go back. And so they said, okay, well, this one is going to go back with you. Who's my angel. Um, and all I saw him at that time was just that, that radiating humanoid shape of light. And so um, when he talks to me, I don't really see him. Um, it's just um, a recognition of an energy. I don't know how else to explain it. So there's not like a visual thing there. But, but um, when I was driving to Florida with my children in a U-Haul and we're moving to, to Florida, um, it was a really difficult move. Um, it was almost like uh, the universe, <laughs> I know the universe wanted me to be there, but there was something else that didn't want me to be there. And so we had really, what should have took only a couple of days took seven and it was the longest drive with two little ones that I've ever made. And right when we get to Kentucky, uh, it was a weekend. It was like 4th of July weekend and my bank card wouldn't work and the banks were closed and we were stuck in this itty bitty little town. I had this huge U-Haul uh, truck and I needed to put gas in. And um, my partner at the time was like four hours ahead of me. My phone was dead. I didn't have a charger. <laughs> I had no way of reaching anyone. And I was like, I had two kids that were hot and tired. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I felt super helpless at this moment. And there was a big RV that pulled up next to me at the gas station. And I'm sitting there, I'm crying in the U-Haul and I get a knock on the window and it kind of startled me. And here's this guy with these incredible, incredible blue eyes. I've never seen blue eyes like this any time in my life at all. And I rolled down the window a little bit. And as soon as I heard his voice, I knew, I knew it was my angel. And he said, are you okay? And I go, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. Cause I'm a Virgo. I don't ask for help. <laughs> you know, I don't want to bother anybody. And so I'm like, I'm fine. I wasn't really sure if it was him or not. And I was kind of like, maybe I'm just freaking out what's going on. And he's like, okay. And he left for a minute and then he knocked on the window again. He's like, are you are you sure you're okay? He's like, he looks me right in the eyes and I felt like this huge, massive connection. I felt energy just surge through my body. And he says, it's okay to ask for help. And I was like, okay, okay. So I took a deep breath. I just explained the situation. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to fill up your tank uh, full. 
is that okay? And I'm like, no, no, really don't, you don't have to. And he's like, no, I'm insisting. And then he, and I go, well, give me your address. And as soon as I get to Florida and the bank's open, I'm going to, I'm going to wire you the money back, you know, cause I hate taking anything from someone. And he's like, no, no. And so he fills it up and I'm just like moved by, by this experience. And then um, he rolls, knocks on the window again. He hands me two popsicles, one for each of the kids because they were so hot and so fussy. And so um, he's still filling up the, 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 the van. And so I step out for a minute and I just say, you know, I don't know why you're helping me. And he looks me right in the eyes again. He says, yes, you do. And I was like, boom, energy through my body again. And I go, I just have to tell you, thank you for this. Um, and I gave him a hug and it was, I got surges of energy through my body again. And then, then I cried, like I let out this huge, massive amount of crying and he's like, it's okay. And he looked at me again, he was, you're gonna get to your destination. He's, and he said, have faith, don't worry. And, um, and then he, the woman came out of the RV and she was really stunning, really stunning, this natural beauty. And her eyes were really incredible too. And she just kind of peeked out at me and then went back into the RV and he goes, okay, well, everything's set. You should be good to go. And he's like, you're, you're going to reach your destination. Don't worry. And um, that was the last time I saw him physically, but it was such a profound experience. I I knew it was him, the amount of energy that was going through my body. I felt, I felt so energized after his hug. It was just like, like I received a healing <laughs> then, you know, it was just blowing my mind. And so I, I made it, we, we made it. Um, my partner was waiting for me um, in Brandon, just north of Sarasota. And we made it to Brandon. Um, there was one other time we needed gas from Kentucky. Um, but everything was working by then at that point, but we made it to Brandon and then I knew I was where I needed to be. And then we got our house in Sarasota and everything was fine. But, uh, that was the only time that I've seen him physically, but otherwise it's just been a, a recognition of energy. So yeah, let's see, it's been, uh, 20 years now. No, 19, wow. 19 years. Yeah, he's 20 years. Yeah, I'm like, wait, Danae, you're 41. He's been with me. <laughs> so 20 years, yeah. It's interesting to me that you can even train to do what you do because it seems like you really kind of have to have this gift within you and you have to be kind of chosen to do this and then you can fine tune it. But I feel like the average person starting from scratch wouldn't just wouldn't be as effective at it. You know, I kind of want to disagree a little bit because everybody has this ability, especially to do the theta work with their hands. Everybody does because we're all conduits of energy. The thing is, this is the problem for most of people is that their third eye and their crown is blocked and their root chakra is blocked. And the way to do be a conduit for energy or the divine or anything is you have to be really connected to the earth and really connected to that divine energy because 
he, the human body was made to be able to be a conduit for those energies. And then we're pulling both of those energies in through us. It's coming into our body. And when we're doing the healing, we're just a conduit. So we're allowing, we're allowing our higher self, our intuition to really guide us and to be able to feel where the person needs the healing at or where the injury or the emotional aspect is being stored that's causing the pain. And I think more people, like I've been really amazed at more and more healers. Um, I seem to be someone that attracts people who are supposed to be healers, but they don't know it yet. <laughs> and so when they have a session with me, they tend to get woken up more and then they're like, wow. And then they start having these synchronistic experiences that happen. And then they come back a couple of years later, sometimes six months later and say, you know, I'm feeling called to do this now. And it's like, okay, let's get you started. <laughs> you know? So, so then I start showing them or training them, um, or they might be encouraged to do another different modality or something, but it's in every single person. It's just if they feel called to it or if they choose to do it, but really systematically what's happened is over the centuries, we've been, you know, shamans understood and, and Native American and indigenous cultures understood that we were energy also and we were connected to the earth as well. So this was a part of their everyday life. So mothers were healing, fathers were healing, everybody was. They just went to the shaman for that extra guidance um, in being taught how to do it. But what's happened is over these centuries and thousands of years is we've been taught to forget it and it robs us of our power so that we can be controlled. But those are my thoughts anyways. <laughs> so someone who's never heard of you know, a chakra healing session or anything about what you do. If I came into for a healing session, kind of take us through um, what you would do. And I'm sure it differs a little bit for each person, but just kind of in sure. general. So I have, I, it happens a lot. I have a lot of people, they have no idea <laughs> what chakras are. They're just, they're kind of like at a breaking point in their life where they're like, I've tried medical, I've tried a therapist, nothing's changing. So then they're like, it's like they get a little inspiration of like, well, maybe I should try this. So what they come to me, I sit down, we do like an intake interview. So I just talk to them and find out what's really going on. Um, the method that I use from, from just from my own training and understanding is that any sort of illness or physical aspect that is occurring is created by um, either a spiritual or an emotional block. And what happens is it manifests in stores um, and becomes a physical pain or sickness. So I usually talk with them first about where they're feeling the illness or the pain in their body. Then we talk about what emotional aspects or spiritual aspects might be going on. And I explain to them as we kind of go through the interview process, you know, oh, okay, you're feeling a pain in your knee. Is it the right knee or the left knee? So I understand that the right side is the divine masculine, the left side is the divine feminine. So then I talk to them about those aspects. Maybe they have some wounded masculine that they need to work on or maybe some wounded feminine. So then, then it kind of allows me to shift which direction I need to go with because the way that our, I explained to them that the way that our energy works in our body is 
our chakra systems, I explained to them, you know, there's the root in the tailbone, then it goes up to the sacral right below the belly button, the solar plexus right above the belly button, the heart chakra in the center, the throat, the third eye in the crown, at the top of the head, the third eye between the eyebrows. And I start with just the seven basics. Really, there's infinite chakras, <laughs> but for most people, when they're just starting, it's like even the seven chakras is almost overwhelming to them. But and that's why the first session takes a while. But we just talk about how the energy flows. You receive the energy from the earth. It's going to move through your body. It's going to come out the top of your head at your crown. Now, the crown chakra is where your soft spot was as a child, and it closes up as you get older. That's why little ones are able to see energies and angels and spirits so much easier than us is because that is still really open. So then the energy goes back down into the earth, connects to the core, comes back up into our body. So when we're functioning, when all of our chakras are open, here we are, we're these conduits for this energy and then we have the energy from the divine, the energy from the earth moving through us. But when our chakra centers, one of them or several are blocked, it stops that flow of energy. And so that's where the, the upset occurs, whether it's the illness or the physical aspect that is causing the pain. So then the other aspect is, like I said, we have the divine masculine, the divine feminine on the divine masculine on the right, divine feminine on the left. So the characteristics <laughs> of, of the chakras uh, there's the feminine and the masculine characteristics of those as well. So really, when, when I'm having someone come to me and that interview is so important, intake interview, um, I'm able to really figure out, okay, is this a masculine wound, a feminine wound? It's located in this chakra center because they're experiencing these physical symptoms or these emotional symptoms. Um, and it's kind of like a teaching session for them in the process because I'm educating them about what the root chakra center does, what it's in charge of, <laughs> what they need to eat <laughs> to, to help balance it, what they need to do to help balance it. And I really work with them and go through each of their chakra centers, kind of explaining it to them as, as we go through the healing process. I feel like once they go through that, um, learning about the different centers, um, then they gain a, a deeper understanding of themselves. And then it's amazing because I'm watching them have these aha moments of, oh, that's why I do this, or oh, that's why this feels this way. Um, it really, <laughs> one of the things that kind of weirds people out is when I get to their sacral chakra or their solar plexus and I can tell them what they ate the day before, you know, and they're just like, what, you know, and I'm like, your body's talking to me, so, you know, um, <laughs> so that kind of blows their mind, but, um, yeah, so that's what I do with them, and then, um, besides the educating part, when I to open and heal each of the, the chakra centers. You know, once I've had the interview with them, um, I mix up specific oils for each of the chakras. I get out specific crystals or stones for each of the chakras because I've learned, and no other healer does this that I've encountered yet. Um, but what I've learned that if I apply the oils that are specific for the chakra 
along with the stone in my hand um, because the healer's hand is always the right uh, the left kind of helps draw it out um, because we we send out with our right and we receive with our, our left so when I'm sending that energy in with my right I use the the um, stone that's going to help open up that chakra or help balance it and in my left I will always put like a a smoky quartz or a tourmaline or something that's going to help draw the block out and so really I'm using that energy because I understand the flow of energy of their body I'm doing kind of the opposite to help push it through and out <laughs> Um, so I do that and then I work through the different parts of their, their body and their energetic system that way. So, um, you know, when one thing that they might experience is uh, a lot of people will feel like bubbles or pops or release um, in their body in that certain area that I'm working on. And that's just the energy of leaving. Um, sometimes they'll feel movement and that kind of, that kind of, they're like, what is that? What, I didn't feel that before. What is that moving? And it's like, and that usually occurs if there might be like a little, um, parasitic entity. Um, you know, we get the cold virus or we get bacteria while we catch, we catch spiritual illnesses too. A lot of people don't realize that. So those, those old people will be like, why, why was it here? And now it's over here. You know, why is it from the shoulder? Now it's in my leg. I can feel it moving. You know, So then like, it's just a little spiritual parasite. We're going to get rid of it. You know, and so I'll do a little extraction healing and, and take it out. So, and that's part of the shamanic training, but, um, you know, every experience is different. So, but that would be the basics of what they experience with me. Mm -hmm. When I took your class and met you for the first time, I was telling you this the other day, I still have all the stones and the oils next to my bed. And I review like all the notes from the class. And oh, awesome. The moon's out. I'm going to do my little mountain pose. I'm going to do some earthing today. That's awesome. <laughs> I refer back to that class so often. I loved it. Oh, good. That's awesome. I I love teaching that class, um, you know, been in Morocco for about a year and a half off and on now. And so now I'm getting ready to, to teach these classes again online and in person. So I love, I love being able to teach about the chakras there because they're so empowering for people once they, once they understand, it's like, oh, I can take charge of my life and I can balance myself. This is huge. <laughs> And then you did the um, root little chakra grounding scenario yeah. in the class, and we kind of like shrunk. Yeah. So cool. I want Hallie to experience that. that <laughs> I, would be cool. I would love to. I feel like Sam and I, we're both very in tune with our bodies and our oh, feelings good. and like listening to our bodies, but I feel like something like this could only elevate elevate the quality of the care I can give myself. And I would love to, when you're back in town, do a session with you because oh, yeah. um, I just, I just find this so interesting. Have you ever had anyone come to you who has had like this chronic issue and, you know, maybe they're like a skeptic and they're like, Oh, like my wife sent me here. My husband sent me here. Like, I don't <laughs> really believe it. And then they kind of leave just like mind blown. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. <laughs> so I've had some people where 
uh, they might have met me at like a, a festival or something and they're like, ah, I don't even, I don't believe in it, but we'll see. And then, um, and then they usually end up being the ones that have an extraction healing that needs to happen. Then that really blows their mind. So um, that happens a lot. Um, but once they've experienced it, then they tend to be the ones that are my repeats over and over because it's like, they're like, okay, this, this is working or, um, you know, I've, oh my gosh, I've worked with, um, Mr. Olympias and, um, they were having pain in their, um, their entire right leg and they couldn't understand. I mean, these are bodybuilders, so they live in their body, you know, they have incredible physique and just this constant pain in the right leg, not understanding why they're having this. And they met me through a mutual friend, but they didn't believe in any of it at all, any of it. But um, he had been really suffering for a really long time. And so, so he came to see me and we did a session and he couldn't believe that the pain that he had been feeling for two years was gone. Like it just blew his mind. And we actually did like emotional release technique. Um, and then I balanced his, his chakras and then he just, he said he felt like a completely new person. And then, uh, before he moved back to Egypt, oh my gosh, he saw me for probably nine months, once a month religiously. So, um, he was sold. He's like, he knew that for him to be filling his optimal self, not only physically, but, um, this energetic presence that he had was was critical to his performance as well. So then he he did that. So it was pretty cool because I thought for sure he was probably one of my toughest cases of person who wasn't going to believe in it at all. <laughs> he thought it was woo woo stuff. So yeah, whether they believe in it or not, when someone comes to you with this issue they've been trying maybe for years to fix and they can't mm -hmm. figure it out, and then yeah you give them that release and then they say to you, wow, I feel like a new person and they get up and they walk out with a completely different energy that has to be so gratifying for you. And again, just reinforce that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I would say, um, cause it's, <clears throat> when I do a session, I can experience their pain. Um, I experience their emotions. I experience their physical pain. I experience their, the, even their memories. Um, and so that's, I have a lot of compassion uh, because of that and a lot of empathy. And so when, uh, when a client feels better, not only do, do I feel that release for them, but it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. It is satisfying, but it's, it's, it's a, I'm so happy for them because that suffering, maybe nobody else understood what kind of suffering they were going through, but I lived it for whether it was two or three hours of, of depending on the session, I lived that with them. So I understood what they were going through. So for them to be able to experience that shift and then to be able to walk out into life with a completely different perspective and a, and feeling completely different, I feel like it's a gift to me to be able to receive that and the fact that they trusted me to hold that space for them because that's what I'm doing. They're the ones doing the hard work of, okay, this is what I experienced or this is what I need to let go of. And when they let go of it, that's when that shift occurs. So for me, it feels like a big gift. So 
can we maybe talk a little bit about like the heart chakra from this crazy year of 2020? Oh, <laughs> <Or> <laughs> just like a couple tips on how to open it or make it feel better, yeah. send it a little love, balance it out. Yeah, definitely. Um, this year, man, 2020 has been really <laughs> crazy for a lot of people. And it's not just the heart chakra. What I've seen for people um, is that it's it goes from the root all the way up to the heart um, because a lot of people are, are experiencing this fear-based energy. So they're staying up in their upper chakras, which is their throat to the crown, where that's where we have circular thoughts. That's where we worry all the time. We're not able to sleep. We're stressed out because we don't feel safe in our bodies. And especially with the virus, it's like um, nobody wants you know to be in their bodies. Oh, I don't want to be sick. So it immediately sends the energy of everybody who's been watching the news and seeing the level of stress of the pandemic and also what's been going on politically and everything else under the sun. So it's made, nobody wants to be here right now. That's kind of what the collective has been feeling like, oh, you know, where's the starship that's gonna take me away type of feeling. So everybody moved up into their upper chakras and, um, so what that has done is it's increased the anxiety because if you want to feel grounded and you want to feel safe and secure, you have to feel your root chakra connected to the earth. You have to know that even though all this stuff is going on that's affecting your job or your livelihood or you could get sick, that you're still supported by the earth. And so you have to be connected to that earth energy. So that can reconnecting with the root chakra and grounding ourselves is super important because that's the only way the energy is going to move through the rest of the chakra system to get into that heart um, heart chakra so once they fill the root open then they start to feel a little inspired and a little creative like hmm maybe i can fix my situation Maybe, maybe even though there's chaos right now, maybe this is an opportunity for me to create something that I've always wanted that would solve a problem for somebody else, or I can step into this now. I don't have to show up at the office, so I have all this time in my hands. Now I need to do this. So it's forcing people to be creative when they finally release the fear. So then what happens is that energy moves up into their solar plexus, and that's your power center, and that's your compass, that tells you which direction you want to go in life, and then that allows you to move forward. And the solar plexus is super connected to the third eye chakra, and that's where we set our goals and our plans for the future. Well, right now with this year, it's like everybody's plans for the future totally went out the window because we were told that we couldn't do all the things that we're used to doing. So for so many people that blocked the third eye, and they just literally got stuck. And a lot of people were experiencing massive amounts of depression and sadness and not feeling empowered. Like, what do I do? I literally can't do anything. I can't tell you how many clients I've, I coached through that feeling this year. So then it's like, okay, that energy, because they were grounded to the earth, moved through the root, moved through the sacral chakra, moved into the solar plexus, they start to feel empowered then this, something really incredible happens. 
they get their sense of direction back. They know that they are powerful creators and they're the ones who can make a difference in their own life. And when they realize that, boom, that energy shoots up into their heart chakra. The heart chakra is a mega magnet for abundance because love and money are the same vibration. And so many people don't realize that. And so when they fill their heart chakra, boom, that energy come in there and they're like, wow, I really love myself. I feel super confident right now. I know that no matter what comes at me, I'm going to be able to handle it and I'm going to tackle this like a boss. And so all of a sudden their heart chakra starts radiating that energy out and it starts pulling to them the things that they need and they start walking forward and, and they're literally meeting what they want um, to occur or to manifest. They're meeting it because they're walking towards it. They have faith and they're creating it with their thoughts, words, and actions. So I think for a lot of people, um, that's part of it. The other part of it too is there's needs to be massive amounts of healing um, to occur this year because there's been such a divide amongst so many people. And so that's why I've been teaching a lot of mental loving kindness meditation. I've been doing that on IGTV, I've been doing it on Facebook, and now I'm going to be doing it on Insight Timer as well. And it's, it's man, we've got to really, the only way <laughs> that we can love those around us is by sending love to ourselves first, knowing, okay, I filled my own cup, now it's gonna just overflow onto everyone else, rather than it being the reverse of where we give and give, but we don't have anything to give, and then we start building up resentment. So that mental loving kindness for the heart chakra, it's been a practice that really helps keep, keep it open, because you're like, okay, you know, I, I feel this sense of love and gratitude and compassion for myself. I know it's not been an easy year, but I'm getting through it. And then you send it to someone you love. Then you send that to someone, a stranger. Then you send it to someone you have difficulties with. And then you send it to the whole world. And what people are experiencing by doing the metta loving kindness practice for the heart chakra is that they're coming into a place of of ease and gratitude and gratitude is a huge magnet for abundance huge so they're feeling the gratitude they're like man you know they're coming to this place of ease of receiving of knowing they're going to be loved and supported and then they start giving more and then what happens when they give more is they get more back and so then it starts this cycle of abundance rather than what was happening before where it was just the cycle and snowball of lack and so I think I really feel that, especially for the heart chakra, that mental loving kindness is huge. Breath work, breath work is huge <laughs> for the heart as well. Um, when I teach mental, I do a lot of breath work with the mental loving kindness and it's really connecting with the self and you can, a lot of people are able to experience that radiating feeling from within themselves. So it's like, you are the creator of your own love. You don't have to receive love from anybody else because you are this powerhouse of love yourself. Once they connect with that, once they realize that, it's like fear just melts away and they come into this place of calm and ease. What you just said about sending love to someone you love, a stranger, someone who's difficult, 
I do that every time I can't fall asleep. I do. I go That's through that awesome. exact rotation and it always puts me to bed no matter what. Yeah. Like I try That's to awesome. with someone who, you know, is, you know, difficult or stubborn and having a tough time or like the person yeah. who is at the, working the Starbucks drive through just random, yeah. <laughs> random things like that. And it does, yeah. it makes it, yeah, it fills, it fills me up. That's beautiful. I love that you do that. So you probably sleep like a baby. <laughs> you probably have the best night's sleep. I, I sleep so hard. And Sam, I feel like I need to, like all the stories you were telling me about your angel and all the little coincidences along the way, I feel like I have to tell her my story of ending up in Sarasota. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Of course. Okay. Oh, I'd so, love to hear it, please. <laughs> so I grew up coming down here for vacation since I was a little girl. And because my grandparents had a house here, they were snowbirds here. I'm from Chicago. Oh, cool. Ah, okay. And uh, my grandma passed away in 2014. Mm -hmm. And when I was a senior in college, I'm a news anchor. So I was looking for jobs oh. all over the country because you just have to go wherever they want you. So yeah. I was applying to like middle of nowhere, Idaho, middle of nowhere, <laughs> like Nebraska, <Right>. random, <laughs> and hearing nothing back. And I was starting to get a little discouraged. And then I get a random call from a 941 number and yeah. it's my current boss now. This is like, you know, almost four years ago. And he says, uh, you know, I was looking on YouTube for reporters and I found your reel. Have you ever heard of Sarasota, Florida? And I said, I've been coming there since I was a kid. Oh, cool. And started, <laughs> started cracking up. And, um, so I'm already like, okay, that was weird. Like that had to be my, yeah. I called her Gigi. I was like, that had to be Gigi, like totally unsolicited, whatever. Yeah. So my grandpa's still living. He's down here. And I talked to this guy a week later, I get the job offer on my grandpa's 75th birthday. Wow. Holy synchronicities. That's amazing. <laughs> so I moved down here. I live with him for a little bit, whatever. I get my own apartment. I'm here for about a year. Mm -hmm. And I'm out one night and I meet this guy who just moved here um, from Pittsburgh and we start talking and we realized we graduated college the same year. He also studied broadcast journalism. And, wow. And I said, um, you know, have you had a TV job since you graduated school? And he said, no, because I, I really want to do sports. And typically like you kind of have to start with news and then you work your way up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, we have we have one sports job at my TV station. I said, we have an opening for sports director right now. Like randomly, like our morning anchor was leaving and our sports director was moving to morning anchor. And wow. I was like, I know you just moved here and, but we have this, we have this job opening. So he sent me his reel and long story short, he ended up getting the job offer at my station on what would have been Gigi's birthday. Oh, no way. And now we've, and now we've been together two and a half years. Wow, look at that. So synchronistic and so amazing. I think your grandma was totally watching out for you. So it's, yeah, our ancestors and our guides, our loved ones, they're always, always helping us because just because they pass on, the soul still is alive, still living. You know, it's out there and people don't realize we're able to communicate with them and they, some of them have the choice, like some people might not believe in reincarnation, but some of them are given the choice to go back, try again. They still have lessons they need to learn. And some of them just choose to hang out for a while and look out for loved ones. And they, they are like our, our guardian angels. So that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. 
Thank you. Yeah, it just feels like kind of how you felt. Like, okay, I'm supposed to be here yeah. right now. And then, you know, this, during this horrible year, um, my yeah. boyfriend and I collectively have lost five of our closest family members just since oh. April. Nothing to do with yeah. COVID either. And um, yeah. his uncle, who was really young, 51, just died suddenly. And um, yeah. I wore, I was, I stopped in Chicago to see my uncle who was sick and eventually passed. Oh, um, wow. And I borrowed my mom's dress to wear to his uncle's funeral. And the last time she had worn it was at my grandmother's funeral, which was July 28th of 2014. And this oh, year, wow. his uncle's funeral was on July 28th. Oh, my goodness. The yeah. amount, <laughs> tons of energy moving through me right now. You oh, guys it's have, so crazy. Yeah. So there's a massive amount of synchronicities that occur for you especially are you someone who sees a lot of angel numbers have you seen those yet the repeating numbers I don't think I've seen numbers but I, I did have um there was one time where I someone I lost last year I saw yeah. her in my sleep and I, I I was awake I saw her and she I felt yeah. her holding my hand and I wow. felt she kind of pushed me to the edge of my bed and then in the back she kind of faded away and um, yeah. I heard her talking to someone in the background and then it just kind of disappeared. But that's wow. the only interaction I've had. But just weird things too, like since my uncle passed, um, my cousin, his daughter and I had like the same dream about him on the same night. Wow, yeah. Really weird stuff like that. I got, I got nominated for an Emmy on the day of his funeral. I've already seen like weird wow. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, you have a very synchronistic life. So that lets... Anytime someone is experiencing synchronicities like that, or they're very much in the flow, so you're in where you need to be, you're in the flow. What? Congratulations on your Emmy nomination. I have another. Oh, thank you. Oh, good for you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I just try. I really yeah. try and listen to things like that, and I really try and look for things like that because mm -hmm. this year has been so hard, and that to, it's such a comfort to me when stuff happens like that and things align like that. And I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to tell people this year is that you are not alone. Uh, because I think especially with the with lockdowns occurring and stuff, so many people were experiencing massive amounts of loneliness and anxiety. Um, you know, I have one client, uh, she just went through a divorce and she'd never had any experience with spirituality or with angel numbers or anything. Um, her and I just knew each other through a mutual friend. And then all of a sudden after her divorce, she's in all this lockdown stuff and she was really, really isolated. She started experiencing angel numbers and then she started experiencing the synchronistic dreams. And then uh, she reached out to me and she's like, you're the only person I can think of that would know what's going on. And I'm like, well, you are waking up my dear, you know, <laughs> I'm like, welcome. You know, so um, this has been like, a, everyone talks about, to to have an outer difference in your experience you have to have an inner change and what this lockdown has done for so many people is it's forced us to be closed off and face ourselves inward because we we're so busy with life we're so busy with work or kids or school that we don't look inwards enough and so 
as horrible and as devastating as this year has been, it's been kind of a really powerful shift for the collective consciousness and it's forced everyone to look inside. And that's why so many people are waking up right now is because they're having these epiphanies, these realizations that they would not normally have otherwise because they'd be too busy. Um, so that's kind of been a good thing too. The other thing is, this year, um, it happens every so often, but this year is actually known to be one where a lot of people pass away, unfortunately, uh, because it's, it's a shift of souls leaving and new souls entering. Um, and so when I tell people, <laughs> you know, the pandemic, there's going to be a surge of babies coming through. In order for that to also occur, we also had a unfortunately lose a lot of loved ones as well because they're going to be reincarnating back but this time they're going to be coming into a place where it's like um, um, the children that are going to be born um, and uh, the ones that have been born the past 10 years I would say they're a lot more awake and they're just more aware naturally even without being taught those things and so that we have these souls leaving because they're going to be coming back and it's like we're getting a little power upgrade with our souls <laughs> that are coming in so i'm sorry about your loss but well thank you it makes me that makes me feel good though because it makes me feel like this is all happening for the reasons that it has to yeah. and something yeah. something good is going to come from it totally yeah i keep telling people believe in the good things coming i know right now it feels like so much devastation but you are the creator of your reality. So, um, you know, the scientists talk about how the universe is expanding every second. There's no ending to it. It's because the universe is created by our thoughts and we're thinking all the time. <laughs> so so the, what, what we want to create has to come from what we really want rather than focusing on what we don't want. We have to shift our consciousness and shift and realize where our real power lies it's not that we can't go outside. It's not that we can't go to work like we used to. The real power lies in how we approach and look at everything and, and what are we projecting out because they can take, life can take anything away from us, anything, but there's one thing it can never take away from us and that is our ability to control our vibration. And from our vibration, we create everything, everything else. And that's what I'm hoping more people can remember and realize. It's like good things are coming and you are the ones who will create those good things. So I'm trying to get them to be empowered. <laughs> so and I feel like that's a really good thing to kind of end on, let people know that they can take sure. that. You, know, people, you have to be in charge of your own happiness. You know, you can't wait for totally. someone else to create it for you. No. Um, <laughs> and I was going to ask where people can find you because you said you oh. did IGTVs and Facebook lives and stuff. So what's all, what are all your usernames? Okay. People can find okay. So they can find me on um, Instagram under Danae Ancheso, just Danae Ancheso. Uh, they can find me um, on Facebook with the same name. And then also YouTube, Danae Ancheso, and then my two websites, DanaeAncheso.com and also dynamicselflove.com. Um, and, and, but my IG, if they go on my Instagram, I'm really busy a lot on there actually. Um, they'll be able to hit a link and it has all my websites there, but I have lots of different outlets. And they can find me on Insight Timer as well, which I love that app.
thank you for coming on. It's so yeah, nice. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, ladies. It was great to see you again, Sam, and it was great to meet you, meet you, Holly. So it's great. <laughs> thank you so awesome much for having me. Um, I'll follow you on Instagram, and you'll have to let me know when you're back in town because I would love to do a session. I feel like I could really get a lot out of it. Well, sounds good. We can do that, and I do remote sessions as well, but we'll figure that out. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thank you ladies. So much.